Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Chris Chapin. Hi, my name is Caleb Shively. That was an Eminem reference because he says, hi, my name is. <laughs> I was in, for a second, I thought you your name was an Eminem reference. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he's ever wrapped the name Caleb. Mm, I wouldn't be so sure, Ch- cowboy. Um, Ch- Ch- Chance the Rapper has wrapped it. Caleb. That's great. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, so every time on Actually Best Choice Movies, we talk to you about two movies. One of them is old. One of them is new. And they're related in some way like us and this like social media thing we invented. Uh, right, Caleb? And, and all these things that we interact with and how we live our everyday lives, things pop up and connect. And they connect movies together, which is what we're doing. And Chris hit the nail on the head when he said those two words, social and media. Thank you very much, Caleb. As we're talking about uh, social media movies this week, uh, yeah, maybe I think two of the better ones we're talking about, uh, yeah, Zola and uh, Ingrid Goes West, which was from a couple years ago. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it all the time, all the time in this episode. That sounds great. I'm very excited to do all of that stuff. Um, that's all this week on Actually Best Choice before we get to any of that um so like caleb was saying these are two movies zola and ingrid goes west that are about social media either like textually or like that's such a part of how we receive the story because right obviously zola it's not the movie is not necessarily about social media, but it it has this kind of it comes from this viral Twitter thread, and it has this kind of social media like aesthetic to it in a certain way, right? Yeah, yeah, it has like a it, uh, dings a lot when she has the post, or like uh, it has a lot of the just the portrayal. Uh, yeah, even just yeah, like Chris said, it's adapted from there, so there's like that storytelling aspect of coming together. Uh, through someone vo- else's voice in Twitter, it, it, which is all interesting and stuff. But in general, it's, I don't know, me and Chris were just talking about it. It's not uh, the easiest thing to portray in film in overall. Uh, but there are some good examples. But yeah, Chris, did you want to say anything about how it's not Yeah, good? well, I just basically, right, we were talking about this. Like, I think, so social media in movies, right? It's one of those things. I mean, for the very first thing I think of when I think of social media in TV or movies is like, uh, Law and Order or SVU, how they do like face face place or whatever, and they're like, look him oh, up on yeah. face place. Um, I basically think a lot of TV and movies is basically stuck at that level of, of interacting with social media, just because it's very difficult. It's very difficult to depict it uh, in in a way that like is true. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of movies avoid it. A lot yeah. of movies just show it as like a way to be like, like move the plot along. Like, Oh, I read on Twitter. They're all having a party at the quarry and like, okay, let's go to the quarry. And like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say it happened in that movie. We just uh, watched plan B that just, right. yeah, moves the plot along. Right. It's just there as a, as a thing of life. I would say, uh, that happens in Zola too, where just things are just where things are posted and like that, that gets information out. But I would say in the other movie, uh, Ingrid goes West, it does yes. uh, yeah. have like more of the uh, mental escape and how that affects us. And there are other movies like that. I think a lot of uh, uh, it's more over the top though. Like there's a lot of uh, horror yeah. and the thriller genre that does it. There's a movie called trust. That's not that great. Uh, Catfish, which became a TV <laughs> show is, yeah also that's about true. this i mean i think uh, it's then, not social media exactly but one of the movies that i really like that gets at the sense of like 
dread you can have when using your phone is personal shopper where um she's just texting with a theoretically a ghost the entire time um (laughs) so that's this is the movie it's about texting with a ghost right it's uh kristen kirsten stewart and she's like texting with a ghost and but it's very good because it's all about this kind of like having this kind of dread but also like attraction to what's going on in your phone like yeah there's just like that uh sense of uh i could put myself out there because there's, I'm not seeing this person out there, which is pretty good. Uh, I would say like the best social media movie uh, is like, it's not, it's only just cause it's so inherently about social media is the, the social, social network. network. It's probably like yeah. Citizen Kane of social media movies, but what it, it, it's also just the creation of all this stuff. And also what, which does tap into that mindset of how these men think and like uh, how of a psycho Mark, Mike Zuckerberg is. I mean, I agree the social network is a really good social media movie, obviously, but it also has that kind of like Aaron Sorkin thing. Like, I mean, has Aaron Sorkin ever been on Facebook in his life? You know, like maybe not. Um, And I think Uh, he had some interns research it for him. Yeah, I'm sure he did have someone research it for him. But even if you want to say like, and I will concede that that is a very good movie about social media. It's it's definitely about like the birth of social media, like, you know, 20 years ago and not the way that like we interact with it now, you know, which I think. And I also think this is yes, part of the more, reason. It's more the creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's actually about. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but I even think this is part of the reason that you see that there are so many um, retro things these days like this and cell phones. It's just like people don't know how to fucking deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Like in, mm-hmm. in a script and yeah. in a movie, it's just like it seems way too hard, you know. So I think there's so much stuff seem, yeah. that's said in the past that's made these days. It's a challenge. Yeah, I'll shout out uh, to Cam style movies, which is from the like what me and Chris are doing right now, looking at a computer screen, and that's what the whole movie is. Uh, Searching with John Cho and the horror movie Unfriended, which goes through all this social media stuff and depictions. It's really cool because, you know, it's uh, the gimmick of uh, you're watching a movie through a screen cam. It's Those yeah. are cool movies. I think they're they're very underrated. Uh, and also, uh, uh, like I said, it's hard to depict. That's why you animate your film, <laughs> and uh, Ralph Breaks, Inter- Ralph Breaks, Breaks the Internet, Internet yeah. is very, very good at this. Uh, very has a lot of ridiculous jokes. Even like the Mitchells and, uh, versus just, the Machines. Yeah, I was going to say, the movie that just came out, uh, Mitchells versus the Machines, is amazing at it. Like I thought that was one of the one of the better it's depictions. Really, uh, I just saw it's movie really too, yeah. sweet, and it, God, it really had the aesthetic. Watching the Mitchells versus the Machines, I felt like I was watching like the thesis film of like a really cool person who's like just graduating from like animation school because it just had this real energy and like this kind of willing to be cheesy in a certain way, but in like kind of mm-hmm. a cool way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It had the, uh, uh she's uh, uploads to YouTube. She, uh, uh, interacts with people through uh, messenger service. Yeah, yeah, it's all all in there, and it's also about the rise of machines too coming into again, right. to, uh, how it affects us and stuff. Uh, there are two other movies that I think are just nailed social media. Uh, probably a lot of you saw Eighth Grade, which I think I is, actually never uh, saw that. Just yeah, very very good movie. Uh, yeah, it depicts that loneliness of it and how we can use it to like make yourself even a different person, uh, and also like. Uh, you're a kid on it too, which is something that just felt like yeah. new and Dude, scary to me. Like, whole, it's like eye opening. Worried about that. Yeah. yeah. And then an actual, uh, like, play by numbers movie that uh, got elevated with its use of social media is uh, Jean Favreau's Chef, uh, which is, you know, like, oh, uh, he's a chef. Uh, he uh, interacts with a tweet, but he doesn't know what he's doing. So his tweet goes viral because he's, like, yelling. Uh, and then. 
he uh, he gets fired from his job and then uh, he works at a food truck with his son who like uploads the photos to Instagram. Like it's kind of a cheesy plot. And actually they show the tweets very cool way. John Favreau. Uh, yeah. Doing Star Wars stuff now. He's a kind of a genius. With I mean, Iron stuff. Man, like what is that's like half the success of Iron Man is that just like the cool way you see what Iron yeah. Man sees, right? And uh, he's never going to make a movie like Chef again. Mm. Probably not. Uh, where he's I don't know. He's doing Star he Wars. Loves shit. He loves doing shit like that. <laughs> he he does, made yeah. Chef after he made some Star Wars. Yeah, stuff, he did. Yeah. After the Marvel, after stuff, the Marvel yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was uh, a movie I didn't uh, necessarily love. Eh, it's not bad. Uh, but I, I, I respected that he's a decent enough filmmaker. Chef didn't see it. Um, I guess this is not, <laughs> necess- this is again not social media, but one that takes, this is a movie that takes a big <laughs> fucking swing is um, the, oh, just cut this part out, but it's Premium Rush. You know, they show, they have all these like Google map overlays they do. They tried to be very like on your phone. Like, and it's a movie from like 2013, maybe 14. Uh, yeah, around that time. 12. But like I don't know, I, they were taking it, and I didn't think they did a very good job. They're just, just trying to make it like an action, and you're like, he's riding his bike down the street really fast, and then you're it's like Indiana Jones, but on a Google map, you know, and you're seeing the like line go. Uh, see it, I recommend seeing it because uh, you should be a Michael Shannon completist because he's one of the great actors and he's fucking awesome. So silly, so silly. But yeah, it's hard to portray social it's media, hard. which is uh, <laughs> what's what's why we're excited to talk about. Two movies we are uh, yes. here to yeah. talk about. Yeah, you want to talk about these movies, Caleb? Okay, so the first one of them is from 2020, from everything I've seen on the internet. and it's 2021, it came out here. It's now. It's our movie, 2021. Okay, we'll say 2021. It said 2020, but like whatever. It premiered at Sundance, but uh, for all intents and purposes of wide release. That's true, that's true. Um, it's Zola. Hey. Last month, I went dancing at this cute spot in Florida where my roommate's girl made like five Gs a night. Because of my we just met yesterday and you already trying to take hoe trips together? Be ready by two. Hi, bitch! You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch fell out? It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense. You want to go somewhere with me? That's my thing. Zola is a new social media fairy tale from A24 and uh, directed by Janixa Bravo, who's uh, mostly been working in surreal prestige TV like Atlanta and Forever, but of course also wrote and directed the movie Lemon starring Brett Gelman. Uh, so movie, this movie, Zola, is based on this 2015 viral Twitter thread from Azia Zola King. Um, it's, it was 148 tweets long, and it's a relic from this time, this time where Twitter was a completely different thing. It was this True. fun, discursive, uh, collective serial storytelling medium where, like, everybody was, like, reacting to the same things and, like, having a good time together, like the dress or, like, the llama escaping. So one day, this, the thing of the day was Zola. And everybody, Zola's telling this thread and everybody's retweeting it. And, I mean, it's funny if you look on the t- the IMDb page for this movie, it says, like, oh, the Twitter thread, you know, like, Missy Elliott retweeted it. Like, just that would be so meaningless now. <laughs> like, imagine <laughs> saying, uh, like, the reason something was notable was because a celebrity had tweeted about it once. <laughs> like, it would be like, it doesn't, it's meaningless. But at this time, it was a big deal. It was like, we were all doing this crazy thing together. Um, 
so the movie was, like I said, it's from 2015. So it was supposed to go into production in 2018, directed by James Franco. But of course, James Franco had uh, some sexual misconduct allegations against him and that the whole thing died. Uh, Which I would say, you know, without having any judgment on what James Franco did, uh, that it's kind of a shame that that version doesn't exist because Zola is, it's in this kind of, dark fairy tale Florida that of course the number one thing you think of is Spring Breakers I mean obviously Harmony Korine directed that and not James Franco but he's James Franco just seems to have made himself into a creature of this world <laughs> you know what I mean um, and so you know a beautiful brutal Florida where you know anything can happen at any time and that's become this whole dark genre of comedy uh, even this show I liked on Showtime called uh, On Becoming a God in Central Florida and your friend Josh Fadum is in that show Caleb uh, which is great so anyway if it sounds like I'm talk- kind of talking around the edges of the movie <laughs> I definitely am because um, I enjoyed Zola a lot but I also found it to be kind of like episodic disjointed and kind of like weirdly concerned with preserving the like flavor of reading this Twitter thread. Right. And I did not verify this independently, but I, I think that they, some of the dialogue must be pulled directly from the tweets because it really doesn't feel like it feels clunky when spoken, but you can like tell that it's witty if it were on Twitter, if you know what I mean. Um, I would say the movie is occasionally brilliant always keeps you off center and it definitely definitely had times where it was super surreal and beautiful and I really was digging what it was into uh but for me I didn't really feel like it ever quite came together uh Caleb <laughs> Caleb what did you think about this movie it I'll, I'll verify it for you they do pull dialogue from uh the thread but yeah this movie nails the vibe of the all kilter zaniness of being on social media on being on twitter with uh you know real life stakes depiction of an actual dangerous situation and yeah, I've been hearing a lot of uh, Spring Breakers vibe, Hustlers vibe is coming up a lot, which is fair. Like I myself will mention uh, Sean Breaker's Tangerine, yeah. which is another madcap view of the Florida sex work industry. Uh, but Zola has a singular filmmaker style. Uh, like it's a, that little bit of like a post Tarantino storytelling vibe times the surrealist humor of uh, David Lynch, where she just like something weird happens. And David Lynch movies are really funny. People always forget that. Uh, where it's just like, brings it up to the forefront and just like nothing happens and that's a joke but it has it in this bright very bright candy colored package which yes is very much like spring breakers but also you could say it looks like a wes anderson movies too yeah um i mean yeah overall i think i i i, I i'm kind of biased too because i'm a pretty big Janixa fan uh, uh but yeah this movie is scary it's funny it's filled with danger and eminent threats and it's centered on characters we get to learn and understand and uh, there's a lot of visual cues that I thought were very interesting. Uh, but yeah, there, I did have some things about it, but also like uh, I'm here for a filmmaker too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but this is the thing I felt too, was that like, uh, well, first of all, to give credit, like I did think some of the parts of the movie were really great. And they reminded me, like, I want to say even of like donkey skin, which I know I keep calling this movie a fairy tale, but like this way that there, because there were these kind of sections where all of a sudden it's like, you're seeing Zola mirrored a hundred times or five times, you know, and wearing these crazy outfits. And like, there's kind of this heart music playing and the movie can get kind of like very spacey a little bit sometimes. 
and I and then there are also these great sequences in the movie of like driving down the highway, which are just kind of like interstitials to like stitch the sketches together of the movie. But they also are really great at like making you feel off kilter and like you know, I was lucky enough to saw it in the movie theater. I was sitting like kind of in the fourth row or something, and it was totally encompassing. Like the way the driving is filmed, it's just exactly like you're driving down the road looking out the windshield. Um, but so that stuff I liked, I liked when it was this kind of like, you know, this, um, this kind of semi magical threatening, but exciting, uh, movie, like, you know, telling this crazy story about all this crazy stuff that happens, you know, robbing and kidnapping and sex work and all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, but then I felt like there were times where the movie got a little bit like unsure of itself and wanted, or who knows, maybe this is notes. I have no idea. But like, and then because there are parts that seem a little more forced that are a little bit more like trying to be cool, you know, or like trying to like seem like, oh, what's is like a cool movie for like cool kids, you know, and like doing some kind of kind of lame joke or something or that, that stuff I didn't like as much. Like, did, 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 I don't understand what you mean. You know by what that. I mean? You didn't think there were times in the movie where, like, there were times in the movie that it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful and mesmerizing, and there were times in the movie where someone would be like, "You're covered in poop." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. No, that's literally that's. Uh, well, a, I mean, this is a one of the good sequences of the movie, where she's like yelling about that dancer having poop coming out of her butt. I mean, that's not even what I mean, but there are just like dumb, like, well, I would say the, for example, the entire way that Riley Keough speaks in this movie, I find so off putting she, and I find like borderline offensive. Like, I really can't believe that this isn't what is in this movie. She's, because I think that is a very purposeful choice because the character of uh, Stephanie, as they call in this movie, is a character that's trying to take in and uh, not necessarily, I guess like, yeah, uh, be daft and uh, personality with like a lot of loopy rhythm she gives her lines but it's uh, she's uh, I don't want to say black facing it but yeah she's yeah, doing exactly. like a bonic speak and then that's the whole subtext of I the know, movie until the part to... where she gets to until she gets to the part where she uh, tries to defend herself and then that subtext uh, which is you know cut to the Stephanie part uh, is now just text in the movie where they just say hammer on the head like yes this is she's being she's been racist the whole time. She's a horrible right. person. So I don't think that is. Uh, I think that's a very intentional choice. I think it was a very. Uh, I mean, if you look at the career of Riley uh, Keough, uh, big range, yeah, uh, right. like the lodge and the house that Jack built. Like she's now going for like a Daffy Duck type character here. Uh, it's kind of fucking awesome. Well, I'm aware that it's a conscious choice. I mean, I I think that's the problem <laughs> that it's a conscious choice. I know it's, it's I mean, it's 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 in the no, thread. No, no, I know it's, it's, it's supposed it's, to be because she's the bad It's not a con- it's a conscious choice because that's the right, story. She's the bad guy. So like she's the bad guy so she talks in this absolutely crazy way that is obviously offensive to everyone in the world. Like yeah, she uses black culture for her own benefit and then it, she weaponizes her own whiteness to avoid the any accountability later on. It's what the it was well, yeah. I'm just saying. I felt like it was a little bit like on the nose and a little bit crazy, you know, to have her. So you think it was that's accurate? That what the movie was trying to do? <laughs> I mean, Caleb. I mean, there's just it was. Did you not think that it was like just a little bit over the I top was, sometimes? Of course it was. That's why I liked it. Okay, dude. You know, you know. <laughs> all right, fine, fine, fine. Every everything that was stupid about it was actually smart, and everything that I think was dude, there's amazingly stupid stuff in this movie. Like I said, uh, like that. Uh, uh, maybe Lynch was too far gone of a comparison, but Tim and Eric are like that too. I think uh, uh, 
she might have been contemporaries on the with Tim and Eric at one point, but she's too artsy for that adult swim shit, man. Uh, she's like a very much a singular visionary, and she's taking all these influences she's had and she's running with them. And uh, and here she Janexa applies that to a story known primarily primarily through uh, someone else's voice, her Zola, her name is uh, Azia King, who ex- executive produced this movie. And I think they're trying to preserve that voice here, this- uh, and there is a clear respect for that voice. Uh, and also, uh, shout out to Jeremy O'Harris, who uh, collaborated. Jeremy yeah, O'Harris, cool. another that's great cool. uh, writer. But um, you know what I mean? Why? Like, why are we trying to preserve the voice of a Twitter thread from five, six years ago? Like, I Because think we, we want to be... protect women's voice? I think the responsibility of the director is... Because we didn't want James Franco to do okay. a movie where respons- he's, like, think... uh, not respecting a woman's voice? the responsibility of the director... And there's not enough black storytellers in general. Can I finish my sentence? Especially... Like, I think the responsibility of the director is to tell a good story and make a good movie. And I don't think that, like, preserving the voice of a Twitter thread nobody even remembers. I mean, walking out of the movie, everybody walking out of the movie with me of all races and ages was saying, what was in the Twitter thread? Like, what, what was about, what, what, what from this was in that? Or do you remember anything about that? Like, nobody remembered anything about the Twitter thread. Like, they just remembered it was a crazy story. And I think if you take the bones of that story and make it into a good movie, like, that's your job as the director. I don't think it's important to preserve the voice of a thing nobody cares about, you know? I think it's uh, important to preserve a voice of someone who wrote something who's still alive and uh, has an own experience for it. And I would say uh, it's more obviously a visual medium. So for me, the biggest disconnect with the thread to a movie, which I did remember, I, 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 I think it's cool that they did this, uh, the biggest disconnect for me to the actual thread, uh, which is 148 tweets long, uh, is the emphasis the movie placed on the relationship between Zola and Stephanie, whose name has changed from the Twitter thread, uh, uh, which I thought was an interesting choice. Uh, oh, there's a couple other things for disconnected from the Twitter thread. Like they also clearly state uh, X is African in the thread, and they didn't do that in this movie. Uh, and they also offer, at the end of the thread, they also offer like an update on everybody. So and this movie just ends uh, when they're driving away. This movie ended too soon. <laughs> um so I think there is like you're not. Pres- I just don't think that she actually preserved the voice is what you're saying, but she just kept it natural to the person who was the executive producer of the movie, uh, a black woman who I mean, told a story like and who should be on the side of the story being when told. I, Thank goodness. When I saw <laughs> that executive producer credit for her, I thought like good for her. She obviously got like a great agent and manager. Like that's great, you know. Um, and I totally applaud her a million percent and like, I'm so glad that she got that. That's great. I mean, but you know, as a viewer of the film, you know, sitting in the theater, like watching a movie, like, I don't know that it was like for the best necessarily. I loved you know? all this like dumb, like you're calling it like, like the gross stuff of it. Like there's an amazing like dick montage in this movie. Like I absolutely like lost my shit. I thought I was so amazed by it. Uh, like, uh, the plot of the movie is like it's out of hand. They're down there for stripping, but it turns into sex work, and uh, as well as not having of it. So, like, she's there for when they're in the room having sex, and they're just a montage of like old men whiteness. Funny. It's yeah. the male gaze we get to see now uh, on like old, ugly ass men. And there's this weird ass music playing. Uh, shout out Mika Levy score. A truly blessed event when we get to hear a Mika Levy score. Uh, Jackie under the skin. Great scores. Anyway. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, like like I said, I was they're building up a disconnect between these characters, and like they're showing more of like the fast building relationship, but still at the same time, they're 
uh, differences. Like there's this amazing overhead shot where uh, we see how one of them pees in the toilet versus you know hovering over it in a public bathroom uh, very daintily versus uh, Stephanie who's just like horse pissing in the toilet. It's very big yellow. Of, and seems to be very dehydrated <laughs> also. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just like little touches like that. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a stripper prayer that I, yeah, I thought I mean, was, was funny. I, I laughed out loud at. I don't know. She's a, a, a always a visual uh, director, uh, and like she just gets the weirdest things out of her uh, performers. Like uh, uh, I referenced them, but you should reference. Uh, I would recommend everyone to check out her shorts, which I believe are still streaming on Criterion. She has, uh, I think, four of them are on there. Uh, but they all touch on uh, how privilege begets loneliness, which I would say this movie maybe touches on. Well, the privilege of uh, the white. Uh, Riley Keough character uh, and how White helped her navigate safely through dangerous situations. But uh, uh, if I could shout out, I uh, would recommend just one of these. They're all great. Uh, Gregory Go Boom, uh, which stars Michael Sarah. Uh, there are two of them star Michael Sarah. Uh, but yeah, they're all uh, very good. Uh, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm, like I said, a big Janitza fan. Uh, Chris mentioned Atlanta. Uh, Mrs. America, she did. She did that uh, in treatment show that oh, people yeah. talk like about. Like the now. current, the most recent one. Yeah, 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 the most recent one with Uzo Adova. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Sex work in film. Uh, like if you think about it, like we uh, we were talking about maybe I don't know, striptease came up, uh, Spring Breakers, uh, Showgirls. I think about those movies. Those are all directed by men. <laughs> so it's great to have uh, a woman's voice. Well, yeah, uh, definitely. Zola's uh, protected from, by uh, another woman. Too. Also, another black woman too, which uh, I would have like. I when you said that the James Franco version was lost. Thank oh, God, I don't need to see his take right, on. Uh, I mean, I see what you're saying, and I do agree. I see what you're saying, and I do agree. Also, he's not a good director. I haven't. I haven't really seen a lot of the movies that he's directed. You saw the Disaster Artist. It's not that good of a oh, yeah, it's movie. Fine. It's just it's a, fine. The Disaster Artist is fine. Then he did that. Uh, Howl movie, which but is I just I am invested in, and I will say also my my bar for what like kind of you know disturbing tales about real life in Florida is like pretty high. Like obviously I grew up in Florida, and I'm you know seen a lot of it, and you know I mean a bully obviously is the number one for me that kind of thing. And watching this movie, I did I said. I think I read like finally bully is a teen movie. Like that's kind of what I was cause it's just like, I would say the whole character of that one white guy who's in the, on the trip with them, who's just like doing, you know, pratfalls and stuff the entire time. And he's got some kind of crazy beard on him. Like that very much seemed like a character that would have been I played by, um, what's his face from kids and from bully. Do you know who I mean? Uh, he is. This is kind of a little stunt casting with him. It's played by Nicholas Braun, who uh, cousin Greg. Everyone loves cousin Greg from Succession. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of the same character, but uh, same like uh, dopiness. Uh, where uh, cousin Greg is uh, a spoiled rich kid. This is uh, the the uh, Abonics talk version of that. It's kind of funny. Like, uh, yeah, if I, we talk about the cast yeah. for a bit. But Taylor Page, I. I uh, a lot of the movie depends on her reaction uh, via uh, a shot or a line of dialogue. Uh, they start fucking. It was gross. Um, Though concentrating and uh, like living in those reactions, uh, I wouldn't say it loses a lot of the actual experience in that like there's uh, like we're reacting with the character. So there's like no 
sense growing sense of the the uh, un, of this is unbelievable and like you lose a little bit yeah. of the experience and that's where like what chris said which i don't entirely agree with like it does seem a lot of like a lot of uh vignettes stretched together which i guess what t- tweets are but uh right. but yeah i don't know like i said uh i'm a fan of the director so i'm like it's the ride itself that i'm enjoying so i'm along for the ride I was talking about the cast. Yeah, and so I, I will say I didn't mention, go through the stars yeah. of this movie, obviously, but it's like you were saying, Taylor Page, oh. Zola, Riley Keough is Stephanie. Ste- Stephanie. Yeah, and then Riley, uh, Cousin, Cousin Greg, Greg is uh, Derek. Yeah. And then uh, and then we kind of get into people that are maybe not as well known. No, man, you got to talk about Coleman Domingo, man. That man's dope. Uh, Coleman Domingo uh, is the pimp. He's the driver. He's uh, a very menacing presence, but it's, like first he's like a very chill dude. And that just turned 180 because he's a good actor. Uh, and then uh, he drops in the African accent in a very, uh, like, what is that? What's going on, Way? Uh, he's only sometimes yeah, like doing Coleman his accent, that. right? And some, yeah, that's, yeah. that's funny, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, even the, like the way they portray him is like, oh, I don't, uh, I don't know this guy's name until 24 hours later. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's, so the, the, those are all, I mean, and obviously I would say Taylor Page is, is doing a great job in the movie and I, like you were saying, she definitely has to carry the whole movie. And this is again, what we were talking about, about it being like, I don't think she carries it. I think she like, she just, well, we're, we're the audience. She's the audience that's surrogate I mean. that's for what I mean. it is that's what I'm what saying. I mean, yeah. Like, like you were saying, a lot of the movie depends on a lot of people care in this movie. Yeah. Right? A lot of the movie depends on yeah. reactions to things. Um, so they're all, it's not, I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't like think anybody's doing anything wrong in the cast exactly. Well, except for Riley Keough, I don't like the, <laughs> I don't like this what stuff she's doing with this character. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in general, in general, I just kind of felt like of parts of it were really great. Parts of it were a little weaker. And I, I didn't really feel like it came together into something with like, you know, that had a kind of, point of view and through line and a kind of like that was like taking me somewhere i mean and i say that as somebody who like what like i like um gummo <laughs> do you know what i mean like i didn't i didn't even feel like there was necessarily like an emotional there was a there, it was a progression in their relationship like that was basically what the movie was about right i guess is the relationship between zola yeah. and stephanie right that's the entire movie it's not me and this bitch fell not out yeah yeah bitch fell out yeah exactly yeah, so that is the, I guess, okay, so I'll say that is the story of the movie. But there's a lot <laughs> yeah, of other say, stuff yeah, going uh, on. Yeah, I would say, uh, like I referenced David Lynch, or even like he's like Chris had just mentioned Gummo. I don't, I don't know, there is like a, just a, a we call those movies films, we call them art yeah, right. films. And I feel like uh, she is that type of a director, and, uh, but with, you know, being blessed with having uh, a screenplay with Jeremy O'Harris and working with A24, it does, I don't know, like the the shoehorn is trying to make it something bigger than it is. And I think it's just like, just let it exist exactly. in its own weird little exactly. sense, which uh, 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 Lemon did too, which is uh, uh, a very fun, uh, dark, dark movie. A uh, movie I, I maybe like a little bit better uh, that gets to this more like, oh, art can be weird things. Uh, but yeah, I, I would just recommend people go check out her shit and just like see her vibe because it's, I, I just thought it was crazy that, uh, like I said, she's a very art, art head weirdo director, like closer to like an artsy Tim and Eric as well yeah, as almost, true. Um, true. that like, I think it's awesome that like she has made, like, I don't know if this is a, a mainstream movie, but a more bigger A24 produced movie and. I'm all here for uh, watching her do it. I don't. Hopefully, she'll get to make more of her weird art stuff. 
and less TV work, but I, I'm, I'm a Genixa fan. So, uh, yeah, in that sense, uh, I couldn't remove myself from, uh, being a fan of the movie in the sense that, Oh, a person I'm rooting for always right. is doing. And she's also, like I said, my, uh, Mika Levy score, uh, the score this during the actual dick montage, like it's mind. It's really, really good. Really I, good I, yeah. It's really good, and the uh, the dicks progress. But this is like, oh no, yeah, uh, one of them's really like the, weird looking. One of them's well, it's like starts off like, oh, that's a weird one. Like to being like, oh, that one's different and weirder. To being like, oh, that one's kind of interesting. To being like, oh no, well, now we're just getting weird. Oh no, and then just like oh, bigs yeah. and bigs, and the very last one they show is just like that's that's he has some, like a condition, wrong. like he's something. Yeah, yes. <laughs> this guy, I need to. Go. This guy goes to a specialist. And again, it's shot uh, only dicks. All screen, big screen, go see on a big screen. Uh, uh, very, very bold filmmaking. Yeah, that's great. That <laughs> is great. Um, but you know what you were saying, Caleb, I totally agree with, and we can move on in a minute. But like, um, you were saying it's it. There's a sense in the movie that it wants to be something bigger, like b- popular. Like you were saying, you know, like is it? Is, it's like a big movie, or it kind of a, thinks it could be a big movie, and I and that's essentially what I've been saying since the beginning. Is I feel like there's that's kind of like push and pull going on in the movie where there's kind of a quieter, weirder lemon version of this movie that uh, Genix is trying to make. And then there's periodically, you can tell that for whatever reason, the movie feels like it has to be like a big movie. that's crowd pleasing, you know? Yeah. I wonder if that is any studio things or who's who's to say, I feel like, uh, I don't know if you fought for that ending too. Like I go back and forth on ending cause it really just ends like maybe like two scenes. Too yeah. Short. Right. It kind of ends abruptly uh, for sure. Yeah. Like maybe that's what she wanted to do. Uh, cause the credits roll during, I always appreciate when the credits roll over moving images. That's what yeah. It was interesting. <laughs> did, did people in your theater stay like the whole time? Well, I saw it, uh, uh, I was lucky enough to see, uh, the preview outside at Fort green, uh, park with, uh, Genixa oh, there cool. and Coleman Domingo and Zola herself was there. Uh, and it was like crazy packed and, uh, yeah, everyone stayed. Cause, well, cause they were doing like, it was, uh, cause, because there was a line to leave. <laughs> were they doing like Q and a Q&A afterwards or something? They did. Uh, it was pretty good. Cool. <laughs> uh, Coleman Domingo were head to toe Gucci. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, see, now this is your, see, this is, I knew you had seen it at rooftop films or whatever. I didn't know you had been to this like celebration of the film with all of the, cast and crew and zola neighborhood, see, neighborhood yes, came out yes. too see, for now man. i feel ambushed now i understand this whole because <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of information and you also have a lot of positive associations so hey genixa fan gotta gotta uh, put my mun where my yeah, mouth i mean is. that's great that sounds really fun and i bet i would be have a completely different opinion if i had gone to that uh also pauline alone is one of her better shorts that wasn't is with gabby hoffman <laughs> <laughs> the wrong criterion. Um, so should we move on to this next movie, Caleb? <laughs> okay. The next movie we're going to talk about is 2017's Ingrid Goes West. Hi, I'm Taylor. Have we met before? No. Maybe you're confusing her with one of your Insta fans. <laughs> you are by far the coolest, most interesting person I've ever met. <laughs> helping me explore my creative side. If you got lower, that would be better. You mean on the floor? Yeah. Thanks, you're the best. In her mind, Igrid Thorburn, here played by the great Aubrey Plaza, 
uh, thinks people she follows on Instagram are her real friends. This, of course, leads to stalking and restraining orders and a stint in a mental rehabilitation center. Uh, but when rehabilitated, Ingrid takes her recently deceased mother's inheritance and moves to L.A. with the goal of befriending her new influencer obsession, Taylor Sloan, here portrayed by Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, but as she ingratiates herself into the superficial world of hashtagging and sponsored posts, does Ingrid get the deep relationship she so obviously desires? Uh, Ingrid Goes West is a dark and stark depiction reveling in the hypocrisies of influencer economy while also showing the reaches it has on our collective mental health. After all, we fill our feeds with perfect lives. We then wonder why our lives can't be this perfect. Uh, the film premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, where it won an award for its screenplay and went on to win the best first feature at the Independent Spirit Awards. Always referencing the Spirit Awards. Chris, tell me about your thoughts and or feelings. Uh, yeah, so Ingrid Goes West, a movie I had always wanted to see. I never got around to seeing until we did it for the show. So thank you, Caleb, very much for that. Oh, nice. As always, an inspired pairing choice by Caleb, um, because... You know, like we we were talking about, Zola's a lot of things. It's a movie about sex work. It's a movie about you know, it's kind of a weird indie action movie comedy kind of thing. But of course, to peg it as a movie like about social media is very smart and obviously true. And so it was really interesting to pair it with with this, which is another sort of like yeah, social media horror comedy, basically. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely the first note I have on the movie is um, I am addicted to my phone. It's disgusting and I don't know what to do about it <laughs> because it was a, a, mo- a feeling the movie gives you like very quickly, you know, you're just like watching mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza use her phone like in the dark and eat or something, you know, and it seems so sad and deranged and you just know like, oh yeah, this is what I look like all the time. <laughs> like, oh no, oh no, it's really, and this is what I mean about movies not exactly knowing how to grapple with social media media i mean this is what people are fucking doing like you know a huge portion of their lives people are doing this you know me included obviously me more than most (laughs) uh yeah i I, I, that's the greatness of a screenplay because the plot itself is kind of a single white female i I also got a lot of talented mr ripley vibes from it uh but it's all just plugged in with all these social media things in it which is Great. It's a great screenplay. Uh, and the, like uh, from the moment it starts, like it has a very dark opening scene and it's the dark scene is played for laughs. And I'll shout out Meredith Hagner, who is the bride who has a wedding. But of course, she was just someone Ingrid follows on Instagram and Ingrid just shows up her wedding. Thanks for inviting me. And then sprays her in the face with mace. Uh, it's kind of funny and it sets the tone, but not she really. she also seems <laughs> to like not have gotten in trouble somehow for doing that. Like in the yeah. next scene, she's well, she just got- back home. Well, she gets to sent to the uh, mental. Oh, institute. that's right! I totally forgot. I totally yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, that's like, like a, uh, it sets the tone for a movie. Yeah, she goes rebuilding, and then you know starts all over again. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, there's just a lot of these uh, great like social media details, uh, like Ingrid commenting on a post and rewriting it multiple times. Like she changes a ha 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 to a he 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 to a <laughs> like I thought it was like damn. That's yeah, that, like you just want yeah, to say I've that. definitely spent a lot of time doing shit like that. It was really yeah. yeah, depressing and interesting to watch in a movie. And they did it handle it visually pretty well. I I think it's pretty yeah. simple, but it's like effective. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a split screen, kind of with a faded edge where you're seeing mm-hmm. her phone. Um I Yeah, and even just like the portrayal of 
just they show a lot of post, obviously, uh, especially for Taylor Slower. There's like a lot of like nailed the specifics of it, like the hashtags or just being like kind of funny, but like more just uh, inoffensively funny <laughs> in her uh, captioning. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely like it's it's I couldn't decide where I was coming down on it from a certain from like a conceptual point of view, because on the one hand, I do really like um like I keep saying the way it's the big social media, but on the other hand, it, it basically the, for not the whole movie, but for like a chunk of the movie, it basically turns into like, yes, man. But it's like, what if you just did everything an influencer said on social media? Um, and I could kind of, and you know, just bought all the products they talked about and like went to all the places they said to go to. Um, like, wouldn't that be so fucking crazy? Um, so like that to me at sometimes felt like the nugget of the idea for the movie is like, you know, what if somebody was like really taking all of this, like super, super seriously, like what kind of fucking nut job would that be? Um, and there is something like kind yeah, of obsessive person, yeah. snotty and snobbish about that idea a little bit. It like the movie doesn't, it does of course have sympathy for Ingrid, but in another way it kind of doesn't, I kind of think the no, movie doesn't have sympathy I, for her. Yeah. I have a, I, my notes. Uh, I, I will, highlight that portion of my notes uh yeah i say this i'll read by this the script never allows sympathy towards ingrid yeah yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah uh, even like she's amongst the sea of like these shallow people like all, like she's in la uh taylor sloan's very shallow like the person she's is very shallow uh yeah and she like we never really care that she's like going through a lot because like she's like a psycho like i referenced uh like single white female and talented mr ripley like she's the infiltrator she's the trickster she's the uh she's the loki but yeah obsessive yeah she's she's obsessive but that which is also like two other movies we covered on here uh king of comedy another uh, obsessive personality movie and uh, welcome to me another Uh, anti-social behavior uh i don't want to say psychopath because that's mean but yeah aubrey plaza as it depicts it who's great at this uh kind of makes her like that weird really understands like that mental disdain it's, it's great to see like it's like you never truly see her being comfortable as ingrid around her new friends like she's like, just like kind of like off a bit because she um, knows she's like lying the entire time so she yeah. can never quite relax and enjoy the moment that she's in she's always like kind of on edge you know and the whole thing yeah. it's almost like a it's like curb your enthusiasm or something it has that kind of vibe like oh somebody's gonna say the wrong thing like any second yeah now, you know? there's there and there is that cringe a lot in this oh, movie yeah. and because uh, we know what she's going through uh but cringe is like basically portraying a character who like she has psychopathic tendencies, but now in social situations and we're just watching that slow motion accident a lot. Uh, but the, I don't know, the ending of the movie kind of justifies those. And days. sometimes I mean, it's well, a pretty, pretty, dope. yeah, no, I'm not to interrupt. I'm go. sorry, but just to, to talk yeah. more about what you were talking about. Um, I mean, this is, I, I have a couple of things to say. <laughs> so one of them mm-hmm. is like, so I was saying there's this kind of nugget of the idea that's like, what if you did everything an influencer said? Okay, so that's like, that happens for a little bit of the movie. And then it segues into what you were talking about where it's like she's going to the parties with them and she's like, you know, pretending to like the things they like because she wants to be friends or whatever. This is like maybe like a, almost the rest of the movie is this kind of thing going on, um, which just reminded me, Caleb, of basically like, it was like a horror movie or like um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, but for 
young creative professionals in their 20s and 30s like it was i mean did you not identify with ingrid like going to some party and like trying to make conversation with a bunch of rich insane people because it was like somehow it was helping somebody's career or you wanted to be friends with them because you thought they were cool like it's just very much like that situation like if you've ever been to a, a really nice party with people you didn't know who seemed nice but they also seemed like kind of like insane um mm-hmm. yeah it, it was like that and of course in those situations we all or at least i am we are ingrid like we are in these houses we don't know how we got there with these people who are like what the fuck do these people do and you know ingrid does the thing we all want to do she goes she says say to one of them like so what do you do for money <laughs> which is like <laughs> really like the one question you could never ask you're like ingrid shut up yeah. what are you doing it is that uh mentally unstable. Aubrey Plaza like really understands this character. Like she feed like her, all, I think she's made a good career of like feeding into the darkness of her characters. It's awesome to see. Like I'm a huge uh wait, wait, fan. But you uh, know what I mean, right, Caleb? Like you've been yeah, to yeah, parties yeah, like this where you're like you're like, I don't know what the fuck I like I don't know what kind of version of myself to be. Yeah, and, but, like, uh, uh like we're mentally stable characters who right. don't blurt out things. Uh, but yeah, but didn't yeah, you think this movie uh, was kind of like that's what it's about in a certain way is like those situations that we have we have been in and like but what if you were what if you were like really a crazy person or something do you know what i mean yes but there is that whole like she is was in a mental institute thing too that like uh i can't relate with really so you did not find yourself like relating to um aubrey plaza's character in this movie at all no no really not really Really? yeah see i felt like i related to her all the time because like i don't know i mean i just like you know Look, I'm not. I guess, uh, like the people I follow on social media are like athletes who are just like, oh, I'm never gonna meet them. Must, I mean, Caleb, like, you uh, must go to these parties. Like, I when I was working in design, I would go to these par- design parties with like these people that were all I'm famous cool designers, parties. and they were all best friends with each other, and they were all like obviously super rich, and they were all like very good looking and stylish. And I was I was there like kind of for work, but also it was like good for my work if I made friends with them. And so I was just kind of trying to hang out at these parties and like be cool and be friends with them. Like, have you never, you've never felt like that at a party? Chris, I uh, appreciate you uh, telling on yourself here and being open I and honest with this. I completely think you're uh, lying. You really have never I mean, felt uh, like that I, at a party. I mean, just go to a party and oh uh, get drinks. I, cannot, and, uh, I can, literally cannot believe I'm what pre- I'm hearing right now. <laughs> I'm usually pretty stoned. I mean, I don't care about climbing social ladders. <laughs> oh my god i mean okay caleb fine if that's what you want to say on the podcast that's totally fine and i accept it but let's say i have uh, been in those situations many times and i think many people find themselves in situations like this yeah uh, but they're again mentally stable people <laughs> okay okay uh hopefully they're mentally stable okay. people it's not like they're gonna man they should but you know what i mean see that, what not to that's do that's why you connect with it as a viewer it's not that you're saying like what is this lunatic gonna do? Because they they're not always acting like she's the most psychopathic person in the world. For a lot of the movies, she's acting just kind of normal. Yeah, it's the deception of it. it yeah, it's uh, like I said. Like that's why it reminded me of um, uh, talented Mr. Arpley Ripley. Excuse right, me, right, Ripley. Right, right. Um, but didn't you didn't you identify is, with uh, the talented Mr. Ripley ever? Don't you identify with him? Oh, that more than this because he's yeah, well, he is a little bit psychopath. Yes, he's definitely a psychopath. <laughs> And a sociopath, uh, for sure. I was going to just say uh, about you know Aubrey Plaza's making a career out of this stuff, but there's a whole slew of like 
uh, people who are breaking out in this movie too. Uh, well, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, I, she maybe worked out before, but she's made a great career herself. You might've seen this uh, Wanda Vajan show, but uh, this was early on in the career of uh, Wyatt Russell, who I oh, he's uh, great. Uh, I think is a very good, great actor. Uh, he's very, uh, he plays the, uh, the artist in this movie. Who's like very much into uh-huh. being an artist, but like, is kind of like a doofus about it. Like a, a real against art, but like, of course you'd want, he wants to be, I mean, I had kind of, I thought he was great in this movie also. I, to me, his character was more like exactly the person that is the, the Instagram husband of someone like Elizabeth Olsen's character. He's like, he's like got a beard. He's wearing a suit with a cowboy hat. You know, he's got like long hair. Uh, actually kind of cool, but like in a like lame of, way that she like seeps right. off of. Kind of lame, but kind of cool. You know, he seems like he would like own a lot of rings maybe, you know? Uh, you think he's cool, and then you see his art, and then not yeah, like, like him, which his art is just like Thomas Kincaid paintings with squad goals. Really, his art it. is like really bad, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. but it's because his real job is he's some works in advertising or he's some kind of like marketing VP. Yeah. But he, it's like in the plot of the movie, it's like Elizabeth Olsen convinces him to quit to like be an artist full time, but he's like not actually good at it, you know? <laughs> great supporting actor, uh, and then. Uh, this was my introduction to the great Billy Magnuson. I, 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 this is uh, the first time I ever saw him. And I was like, I will see this guy in movies. He was great. Uh, he, he pops up in things uh, that show on HBO. Uh, he was in Aladdin. Billy Magnuson, he plays the chaos agent in this movie, the brother, uh, Nikki. Uh, yeah, uh, if I'm sticking with my uh, talented Miss Ripley, he plays uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, one who kind of exposes everything. <laughs> uh, but he's pure energy. And he's like doing karate chops and kicks and always calling her Olga and... Yeah, yeah, just a he's great. Pure agent of chaos. And he's in I such good him, shape. Yeah. My God, that guy is in such good shape. <laughs> he Jesus Christ, shape. he spends like half the movie <laughs> like only wearing tiny shorts, basically. <laughs> he's, yeah. uh, he's cut like cut to shit. Like this guy. Yeah, uh, and he's like uh, a very despicable character. So when he comes in, it's just like, oh, he's awful. And so, like, like I said, I didn't really feel a lot of sympathy towards Ingrid, but at this point, like, I kind of did in that, right. like. Yeah, this guy's right, and he sucks. He sucks, <laughs> and he's right, and he's, like, more of a psychopath than her, but the way he's a psychopath is, like, more socially acceptable, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because he's rich, kind uh, of, is one of the, yeah. And I'm basically saying, I might as well just say the other two people in the cast, because there's really no one else <laughs> yeah, in the right. cast, but uh, uh, her land, Ingrid's landlord, when she comes there, is a uh, young man, O'Shea, played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., on paper, this is like a total nerd character. He's like obsessed with Batman. He's a screenwriter. Uh, but as he's like portrayed by the acting, it's like he's a dope dude who just loves Batman. Like, also, he's like closer to like how people act in yes, real life. Other than like, yeah. The rest of the movie just like these wafy, like ridiculous people. He's just like a real person. Like, loves weed. Loves weed, like, loves I, Batman. I, I would, has a bunch of yeah. cocaine in his car and a paintball gun, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I thought he was great in this movie. I, uh, I do like seeing him act. And then the other actor who just didn't really get lines, but we recognize her because she's Plum Clementif. Uh, she's, I think she gets like, has barely a description, let alone any room for any portrayal from her. And maybe that's my little bit of issue with this movie is that it's uh, a bit weird that, uh, like the female care, Ingrid and Taylor, they're kind of like, one note and that is by design and like i just said how much i liked uh the the male all the male characters and how like they're a bit more seem real and fleshed out how we were talking about it that's kind of weird for movie starring females uh directed by a male uh maybe it's just uh that in my head right now but yeah written 
by men who, again, it's a great screenplay. Uh, I thought it was uh, uh, worthy of the awards it, it had won. Uh, but yeah, a little bit weird that uh, they just introduce, like, oh, she has a million Instagram followers and that's like the only thing. And she's a fashion designer uh-huh. and then she's just there. Like somehow. But I mean, how much of a backstory do these people have? Do you know what I mean, Caleb? These people that have a million true, Instagram yeah. followers, like... What is the story? You know, they got a million followers somehow. Like, you know, that's let's just take it as a given, and then we can move on. Because fashion, yeah. fashion. Because it's not Cause... fashion. She's more like a, a, you know, lifestyle kind of, you know, in her, you know, thirties, like early thirties, like you know, having lots of sweaters and bags she loves, and <laughs> I don't know. Uh, going to Joshua going to Joshua Tree, Tree was great. Yeah, I mean, definitely they did all this stupid Joshua Tree stuff. Everybody does, which was really funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, there are parts of, again, there are parts of the movie I thought were really fun. And I am such a sucker, Caleb. I, I mean, I've talked many times on this show about what a good boy I am. And I just I just hate seeing it when people do things that are bad and when they're being bad. And I hate feeling that kind of curb your enthusiasm cringe feeling. So I, oh, yeah, this movie what... was torture for me. It was really torturous for me to watch. It's that times that like the actual like, oh, she's unstable about it. Like it could be very dangerous. Uh, and, uh, yeah, she doesn't learn a lesson at the end, <laughs> which is dark. No, she, in fact, su- I mean, whatever, spoiler alert, she succeeds at the end. Yeah, she wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she but succeed- it's kind yeah. of like you're rooting it's, it's for right, her yeah. by that point because she's been so mistreated by these um, rich people. There is, they, you do, know? Uh, they do get that pretty, like, in there where she gets yelled at very much and then uh, living in the squalor, which is kind of funny. Um, and then, whoop, she's famous now. Hooray. Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. That's uh, all she ever wanted. I mean, then she got what she wanted, you know? Yeah, uh, she uh, found that deeper relationship by uh, being the one who controls the feed. Honestly, which, you know, I, not a good lesson to learn for kids yeah, out there. Yeah. Don't do Although that I did find, honestly, to be totally honest with you, I did find some of Ingrid's behavior, like, honestly, like, commendable. And I was really, I, I took note of it as a person because it. Yeah, she's not entirely, like, a psychopath is what I'm saying. There is like, like yeah. there's there's but all there's ahead. a bunch of times where she's talking to somebody and they're talking about something like you know quote unquote everybody knows about, which is like you know th- I forget I forget even examples, but just directors or books or whatever. And instead of pretending that she has heard of them, Ingrid always goes like, oh I've never heard of that. Tell me about it. Which I thought was so interesting a choice for the screenplay <laughs> to make because if you're setting up that she's a liar who's like pretending to have the same interests as them in order to get close to them, but at the same time she's being completely open and honest when they're like actually having discussions, basically, you know, um, which I thought was really interesting because I'm so bad at that. I'm always like pretending to heard of something I haven't heard of, you know what I mean? Like, or I just don't want to get oh, into sure, it. Yeah. I just if somebody brings up something I don't want to talk about it forever i just want them to be able to make the reference and then we can move on with our day you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i get, there maybe is a case of in her case of just like learning at it and then just taking it in and just like she or the reference like books then she would just go and read them in a day yeah, right <laughs> too yeah. uh but yeah it's a i don't know uh it's a great aubrey plaza movie who uh what a, what a weird, weird career. career. What a wonderfully great career. To... Like This is like when she was like starting to star in movies, too. Uh, I mean, she did star in stuff. Uh, shout out the to-do list and uh, Ned Rifle, which movies I saw. Batteries. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, assembly with Safety Not Guaranteed. Didn't we see that in the theater together? Oh, yeah. Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Life After Beth, another After 824 Beth. movie. Um, this is a neon the, movie, I should the say. The Little Hours, isn't it? That's Little Hours, uh, directed by Jeff Boehner. Yeah, she's in a couple of Jeff Boehner stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, now she just like does cool things. I mean, she she will just pop up like uh, 
Uh, I mean, Legion, I, I was a huge well, you fan of. Figure. She's got her Marvel out of With her way. Parks and Rec, she has enough money for the rest of her life. She doesn't ever need oh, to make sure, any syndication, yeah. Like She can just do things she thinks are cool forever. Uh, did uh, you see Black Bear, a movie that came out last year? One of my uh, top oh, five favorite movies of I last did. year. I don't know if uh, I did. Yeah, it's her, it's her uh, like, uh, uh, abused woman going into spiraling out of control. Awesome. Like, she totally handled this stuff. And, like she even gives you another gear that I didn't really wasn't ready for. Uh, yeah, amazing movie, uh, Black Bear, that Aubrey Plaza got to star in and do a lot of producing on as well. Uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, she also popped up in Happiest Season last year. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, it is so funny given the person that she has become, like that she was on Parks and Rec for so long. I mean, Parks and Rec is cool. Like we've been rewatching it, but it's also like super corny. And like such a cheesy thing in a lot of ways, but like yeah, she's really good. To be like know, a, she does her thing on it, show, and, yeah. you know. But, yeah, she. Uh, I don't know. As all characters on that show, she might hold uh, hold up the best. I don't imagine uh, Andy Dwyer's jokes. I mean, she carries Andy a lot. They only know. sometimes they're, they're make her report. be like super sincere and like do the kind of corny shit everybody else has to do every single episode. She only has to do it like every <laughs> five episodes, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, Caleb, do you want to move on? Do you want to, like, let's say you had to pick Rapid. one of these movies or you were going to lose all of your social media followers forever and nobody would ever interact with you on social media ever again. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I don't know what I'm picking as I talk right now, but I probably do. So Ingrid Goes West has, I don't know, it's, uh, I keep saying I love the screenplay, I love the acting. Uh, it, it's shot in a very uh, like breezy, almost Instagram filtery manner to, uh, it's still very much like a movie with a story, which is great. And I, I that's what movies have. Uh, and Zola is at times not that, and it tries to exceed that and be art. Uh, which is what I always like uh, when movies just abandon uh, narrative That's uh, in, in, in a creative way that makes it work. And that's the question is, does Zola work at late? I think it does, but there's also me being uh, biased towards Genexa. And if you have a bias, you might as well stick with your bias. So I'm going to go Zola <laughs> as my actually best choice. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that... Ingrid Goes West has the things I was saying Zola doesn't. Like, as much as it also is, like, sketchy and uh, and a little bit disjointed here and there, I think it definitely has the kind of, like, textbook screenplay, like, forward struck, forward action, and it has a resolution, and it's very yeah. much kind of narratively by the books in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so I do find that, like, satisfying, of course, but um, and those, it's funny and it's cringy. Like my God, it's so cringy. But right, of course. I mean, I mean, it is hard because there are some parts of Zola I just think are so great, and it's like a no-brainer to recommend it as a movie. But then I think there are some parts that I just, I just don't, I don't get. Um, <laughs> but I still think I gotta say Zola also rather than Ingrid Goes West. Whoa, gotta Zola say surprise! Zola. Gotta say Zola. Zola the comeback win. Gotta say Zola, because I mean, you know, Ingrid Goes West is a good movie, but I, it's like slight. Yeah, they're both it's, definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Little... especially as we're like saying like. As social media movies go, like these are two of the better social media. Yeah, totally for sure. Um, But yeah, that's the show, everybody. Like, what a great time we had. (laughs) Right exactly at an hour, Taylor. We're killing it. Ding dong doodle. Couldn't have said it better myself. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye to you and your friends. Goodbye.
Are either of you uh, Instagram alcoholics? Or Instagram, Instaholics? I take photos of me drinking all the time. There you go. Uh, I'm not just a regular alcoholic. Good. But